Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Leadership Download. My name is Travis Van Dusen. I'm back here with my friend Cameron Singh. And today we're going to talk about influence. So we're talking about how, how do we lead with influence? You know, we're, we're, the focus of these, these videos, these, uh, these lives are for us to discuss how do we apply leadership management in the workplace. And today we kind of want to dive into this idea of, of, of what is influence. Cameron, what is influence? So, you know, we often try to differentiate influence and fame, which are complete different terms, Travis. Um, influence alone is not leadership. Influence and fame are often terms which people get confused about. So influence is the ability to impact people's opinions and actions, and fame is simply being widely known. Like Travis, what are we doing this for? This is not for fame, this is definitely for influence. The leadership download is here for to influence others, help people get better as a leader or people that want to strive to uh, go forth into a leadership role. Um, you know, if you're famous, we want people to see your moves. If you have influence, you want to help people make their own moves. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Uh, we don't just want to be known. We want to help people make positive choices in their lives. So people mistake being famous for being effective and impactful. But we've seen this in entertainment where, um, when people... Uh, are just obsessed with fame and it really doesn't end up um, going well for them. Yeah, I think I, I, I totally get where this this kind of confusion comes from, though, because, I mean, think about it this way. You know, when we think about the difference between influence and fame, you know, if, if you're if you're in the market to buy a new car, you know, if you if you watch a commercial on TV I mean, we got Super Bowl Sunday coming up next week. Next, you know, next weekend, and we're thinking about this whole idea of, you know, if we, if we, uh, if we're watching TV, and a commercial pops on, and they're advertising this brand new car that's coming out on the market, you know, and what? Who do they use to market the car? They use some celebrity. They use some sports star who has all this fame to uh, to to market the car. Now, the reality is. For most of us, for some reason, we trust a, a sports star driving this car who has absolutely no knowledge of of uh, how the car works or really how car how well you know how well the the car is built. But yet we put all our trust in this idea of oh they're famous, so therefore we we can trust what they have to say. But think about it this way: if if someone got in that same situation and and, and they're building a commercial, and suddenly someone comes on the TV and says, you know, I'm a I'm an expert in, in automobile, you know, design, you know, suddenly we're really not that interested in what they have to say anymore. You know, here we have the expert in front of us and yet we, we, we tend to, uh, to always want to listen to what the celebrity has to say. So I think that's often what is, what warps our, our mindset in our society to believe that being famous is actually what's going to, to give us that influence. But that's, that's not true at all. Yeah, you're right, Travis. And fame, it doesn't last long. It's very short-lived. Um, the type of power that lasts longer and leaves a legacy is not fame. It's influence. And that's where you, where um, when you help others make decisions and take actions that change the work environment and help your leadership. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it really comes down to that idea of, you know, people want to to people ultimately will trust and and really dig in with people that they they trust and have built a relationship with. And that all comes through influence. You know, people may uh, admire celebrities, but the the likelihood of them, you know, jumping in a foxhole with you and actually fighting, you know, fighting the day to day grind or in the battles with you. Uh, it's, it's very unlikely they're going to do that with a celebrity. They're going to do that with someone they who they've built rapport with and they've built us uh, uh, some trust with. Exactly, Travis, which leads to um, next what we're talking about is is trust. You know, leadership does require trust. And that's what helps our influence as a leader. You know, people don't care who the leader is, but as long as they trust that leader. Um, you, so you want, what you want to do is lead in a way uh, that is best for your team and the organization and not lead in a way that's comfortable for you. Comfort should be second priority to taking care of the people you're leading. Um, and you want to kill the thing that's comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as leaders, you know, the, the, the primary thing we have to, to be able to establish in our, in our, follow, our followers' minds is this. You know, it's, it goes back to that John Maxwell quote that says, you know, people don't care what you say or what you can give until they know that you care. You know, once people realize that, hey, this person genuinely cares about me and they genuinely care about my well-being, they care about my future, then they there's that there's a trust built that even when they're uncertain of the things going on around them, they will still um, they will still trust you. They'll still they'll still uh, lean on you and, and believe in believe in what you have to say, even when things are unclear from their end. Yeah, and it's important to, you can also build trust by really getting to know people, um, going below the surface with people. When you take that time, go out of your way and actually spend time with the team, understand, you know, what their personal situation is, who they are beyond the workplace. Once you uh, make that connection with the individuals and really be genuine and show that you truly care about them, that's how you uh, build that trust. So to build trust, you want to be consistent, be stable, you want to communicate often and well, and you also want to admit you won't be perfect and operate in humility and authenticity. Um, there's a pastor, Mike Todd, he says, all leaders make tons of mistakes all the time, and the key is to admit it quickly. Yeah, I think that's so true because the reality is most most followers already know when their leader fails and and a lot of leaders or a lot of followers are, are are out there looking to say they're kind of watching from a distance and they're saying you know is my leader going to be willing to admit their 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 failures you know i can think back to the beginning of COVID. you know we, we we're both in the aviation industry and obviously the aviation industry has been one of the hardest hit um in 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 the pandemic you know with COVID 19 and I can remember back in March of 2020, sitting around the table with uh, my my team and, and sitting on conference calls with and phone calls with, with 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 my team, and the question I was being asked over and over is, you know, when is this going to be over? Is this going to be something simple? And it took a lot of humility for me not to try to provide some, you know, overly intelligent answer to to make me feel superior. It took a lot of humility for me to simply say, hey, you know what? At this moment, I really don't know. Uh, what's going to happen next. But when I did that, 
my team members, my team knows that I'm going to give it to them straight, whether it's good news or bad news. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to um, provide them faulty information just to keep them moving in the right direction. So that that builds that trust. And ultimately, people will follow you even when you have to give them bad news. Yeah, you're right, um, Travis. I remember when COVID was really hitting our industry, it was a test of our leadership because there were a lot of unknowns. And we, you know, it wasn't up to if we're being the um, proper leader is to not act like we know it all because there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding COVID, how long it was going to last. And I remember, you know, every decision that we made was geared towards, um, you know, looking after our team. And when we didn't know, it was important that we let our team say that we don't know. You know, we take it day by day, week by week, month by month. Um, but the key was providing our team comfort. And once they trust us, we provide that comfort. Yeah, I mean, I, I often remember the the kind of the old saying that says, you know, your, your team or, or your followers would rather know bad news than be given no news at all. They would rather know the truth of what's actually going on. In fact, they will um, they will they will support you more even when there is bad news, when they're, they know you're 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 being truthful. I mean, how many times I know in, in my company, uh, I've, I've seen this and, and we've seen this all over the all over the world is, you know, people have taken pay cuts and, and, and cut their hours intentionally to be able to help other team members stay on. And and in those situations, you would think, man, morale would probably sink. But because companies have chosen to to be transparent, um, the morale has actually gotten higher because of the. Uh, the transparency, but also that that team spirit that's now kind of been infused into uh, the company so along the way. Mm -hmm. And even now, Travis, there's great uncertainties um, in our fields that we work in. And I keep getting asked from team members, you know, how are, how are things uh, looking for the future? And you kind of have to say, I, I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, you got to manage it as as we um, progress throughout this uh, new year. Um, you know, sometimes operationally it can be challenging, and team members are like, "When are we going to hire more people? When are we going to get you know new equipment?" And we have to just work towards managing it. You know, we're all in it together, and lead. Um, you know, lead for the team, not for yourself. Yeah, and I think I think that really comes down to having more of a that that you know that Simon Sinek infinite mindset, right? So you have certain companies that are kind of living in the moment. So their goal is just to survive the next week, the next month. So they'll tell their employees what whatever they need to hear. And there's there's a lack of transparency. And, and while that may work in that short term, in the long term. Uh, that lack of honesty ends up becoming super detrimental to to the organization because once the, maybe they do begin to gain momentum and they are ready to kind of like start bringing things back online, uh, that trust is not there. And a lot of these people are going to remember those moments where things were not being done truthfully. And when they get the option, they're, they're going to leave you and they're going to yeah. go somewhere else. 
So, so part of that building influence is, hey, I know things are bad, but I know I'm, I, I, I'm connected to a leader who's going to tell me like it is. And, and that for that reason, I can trust them. So therefore, you know, I'm allowing my leader to influence me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, growing as a leader also requires work. Uh, we never want to put ourselves in a situation, um, you know, we put in the work without a guarantee that teaches you about stamina, pride, problem solving, communication, and also resilience. As you're working to advance and grow in your leadership, you'll get no for an answer along the way. Uh, and you never want to take this personally because you never know the other circumstances that are surrounding that decision. And you don't want to give up. You want to take that idea or new ideas back with resilience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there. That's. I think that's a part of um, when you say that we have to really work hard to grow as a leader. I think one of those aspects of, of growing as a leader is we have to work really hard to get to know our teammates. Um, when we when we know our teammates, um, we can anticipate. Uh, issues ahead of time. Um, for example, I know, like in, in my my company, uh, I often have things that will become an issue, or something will flare up, or maybe a new rule is passed down uh, through the FAA or through the company. And and because I know most of my team so well, I can automatically begin to anticipate who's going to be the pro who's going to be the person who's going to struggle the most. Uh, assimilating to this new process. And it's not because I'm being judgmental, but it's because I've taken the time to understand the struggles of my teammates, the likes and the dislikes. And, and when we do that, we can begin to kind of flesh out the, you know, the things that we need to do to be able to uh, bring our team to an agreement on like the items like you talked about, you know, here, you know, about, you know, problem solving and, and working through different issues. Mm -hmm. And everything that you do um, as a leader, everything, every task, every situation that that you go through is helping make you uh, into a kind of leader that you'll be able to use this when you encounter a different situation or an even more challenging situation in the future. And, you know, if something doesn't work now, it's making you better, but you may not even realize it for the next next situation or the next pandemic or the next um, challenge that you face within your organization or in your context where you lead. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I, I was actually discussing this with someone uh, yesterday and, and, and I said this, I said, you know, we are all getting and have gotten a, a master's degree in pandemics. You know, 30 years from now, when we have people moving into our workforce, or maybe even sooner than that, who are moving into leadership positions, the next generation moving up, you know, we're going to have experiences out of this pandemic that we'll be able to lead in that crisis kind of crisis leadership mode a lot better than uh, some of the people who didn't have to go through COVID. So while COVID has been a very uh, devastating thing, we've loss of life. And I mean, that that's, you know, obviously a very terrible thing. But on the flip side of that, look at all the, the, the leadership lessons and, and management skills you've had to gain through these tough times. So you, we're all gaining that kind of that master's degree in crisis leadership, crisis management um, just from this pandemic. But 
it all depends on how you look at it, right? Yeah, Travis, uh, you know, you take me back talking about COVID, you know, when this all this started is, um, you know, I didn't know what to do. You know, there were a lot of, un I didn't know how we manage this moving forward. There was no manual uh, on how to lead during a pandemic, although there might be some new ones created. Um, but, you know, I didn't have all the answers to lead our team. You know, I didn't come up with any of these solutions. All these solutions on how to go through a pandemic was brought up by the team members because we were so concerned about them and their well-being. We wanted to make sure that the answers came from them. And, um, you know, as a leader, we were the, just the people that were executing and making making things happen to um, help us through the, the initial impact of the of the pandemic. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely so true. And I mean, one, one more quick story about just kind of growing through challenging times. And, and yes, your your leadership will grow, you know, much faster during difficult times, you know. So so be encouraged during times when things are hard. People who I mean, we think about former presidents, the, the great presidents that we all remember, whether we were alive or not, the great presidents you read about in the history books are the presidents who often were presidents during some of our most difficult times. It wasn't during during peace times and quiet times. Th those presidents, while they could have been great, were were, were or almost lost in history. But it's those it's those people who faced those challenging challenging times and, and were able to to go through them that makes them uh, makes them who they who they were. It makes them makes them you know great and and, and why we study them. Uh, in the history books. Yeah, and there are enemies to, to influence that can um, inhibit a, a leader's influence. Uh, one of them is inauthenticity. That's the number one killer of, of influence. People want to know that the person they're following, supporting, and trusting is actually a real person that has vision and beliefs. And, um, you know, flakiness, inconsistency, are also enemies of influence. If you're constantly underperforming, disappointing people, they'll learn that you're not trustworthy. So in this case, you want to try to underpromise and overdeliver. No, that's absolutely right. There, nobody wants to deal. Nobody wants to work for the leader who, who, who is very ingenuine, right? If they if they don't feel like they're genuinely leading from their their heart or or they're they're trying to give a false. Uh, they're trying to be something that they're they're really not. Um, you know, if you are naturally uh, um, a quiet person and, and kind of more of a you know uh, keep you know keep you know keep to yourself kind of person, you know, don't feel like you now have to become this outgoing, you know, outside the you know very bombastic you know leader to to be able to be successful you know being your authentic self um as they i would say your authentic self has no competition so if you're always feel like you have to be in character when you're at work that's going to get exhausting and eventually people are going to see through it but when you just when you develop as yourself and you're always leading you're always just leading from your own you're leading from your heart then there's never going to be an issue where you are, are found as a fraud or, 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 or seen as someone who's not really being uh, authentic in their, in their leadership style. 
Yeah, Travis, you, you know, um, it, this takes me back to, you know, leaders that I've encountered along along my uh, journey thus far is um, looking after the team members. You know, when someone brings up um, a piece of feedback or it could be negative or positive, you know, hey, we need this type of equipment. We need this type of safety gear that we respond appropriately and in a timely fashion because I've, I've encountered leaders uh, where I brought an issue and it does not get resolved. And that's where you stop trusting the leader. Uh, you don't believe in their leadership because you know nothing is to be done. But when you actually take that feedback, you don't always have to take action on it. You can say, um, you know, sorry, we can't do this right now, but this is a great piece of feedback. Maybe when we start making some more money, uh, we can get this item or whatever feedback that is. And I've seen it where leaders start, you know, morale increases when when you have that, you know, ears open, you know, mouth closed, where you're listening and uh, responding, um, responding to that feedback. Yeah, but I mean, and like you said, there, but the opposite of that is you also find those leaders who, who will ask for everybody's opinion and say, what do you guys need? And then, you know, people start to provide the feedback. Oh, we need this, you know, this tool, or we need like this new safety equipment, or, and we need this repaired. And if the leader, uh, often unauthentic un un leaders will say, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get this fixed. We'll take care of it. Or they won't, they won't provide a straight answer. You know, mm -hmm. don't feel like just because um, you have to tell them no, that, that that that's not you're not going to be able to win them over or build influence you know giving them a straight answer of saying you know we're not going to be able to do this right now and here's why is a lot better answer of saying yeah yeah let, well, I, well you know I'll, I'll shoot it up the chain of command and then you and you you never do it and and then nothing ever happens because then what happens is you become that you basically become the leader that nobody really wants to no one will put any trust in because you always say you're going to do something about it, but then nothing ever, you, you never are able to provide any results. Mm -hmm. so, so it's better for you just to say, look, this is not possible right now. Here's why. Let's revisit this in six months. Yeah. And uh, lastly is being overtired and fatigued is another enemy of influence. You know, you can't give your best if you don't feel your best. And, uh, you know, Travis, that's why there's so much emphasis in having that work-life balance where we are, you know, in the, in the workplace, you know, well-rested, but then we have a, you know, a proper, uh, you know, we're, we're taking care of ourselves, looking after our families, looking after, um, you know, what we need to on a personal level. Um, you know, you can't have vision, generate ideas and lead strongly if you're constantly tired and run down. And I, I've experienced this myself. I don't know if you have, Travis. Yeah, and, and I think this is actually something, and especially like in our industry and in, in, in the work work world in general, you will find these leaders, and, and some of them are respectable leaders that are even in you know that I I've read their books and I follow them now, that kind of pride themselves on this idea that oh I only sleep three three hours a night or I only sleep four hours a night, and. And, and what we feel like, though, is, is, is if we're trying to mirror these leaders, 
that uh, that we feel like now we should be able to also operate on three to four hours a, a night of sleep. And and I've been guilty of this as well of trying to believe that you know well if they do it then I can do it. And then you know two weeks later I, I find myself not even being able to function, much less lead a team because I've I've lost so much sleep. So. I mean, obviously, there, there's a balance of, of, of sleeping too much and sleeping too little, but often motivated leaders tend to lean towards not sleeping enough. And as I begin to focus on my sleep more, especially in my last two months, it's, it's radically changed my ability to my, my hours awake are more productive. I, I, I feel I'm more aware of what's going on around me. Um, and naturally, I, I'm in a better mood because I'm not fighting, you know, uh, you know, being tired all the time. So there's no pride in getting some sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, this concludes our uh, discussion on leading with influence. So we went through, um, you know, kind of the definition of, of influence versus fame. Uh, you know, we talked about how leadership requires trust and how growing as a leader requires work. And to wrap it up, we just finished up talking about the enemies of influence. So we thank you guys for joining us, and we will catch you guys on, on the next video. Have a great day.